Hello everyone, this is your podcast, Contemplating the Atlasverse, and welcome back to yet another episode. As always, I'm your host Jonas Mosey, and today we are here to talk about mental health, covering depression, suicide, meds, and more. So, first and foremost, I think mental health in general is a unaddressed topic, especially in male-dominant societies. As males in those societies are raised to be dominant and in that way not only physically but emotionally too. Crying, expressing honest feelings of hopelessness and sadness are therefore therefore like almost taboos. And as I somehow live in one of those societies, I find it really hard to notice and to discover those exceptional honest souls but every now and then you meet a a lost soul and at that moment you just gotta hold on and hold on tight because if you don't you're going to lose each other again for another eternity but that is a subject matter for another time so back on topic today I am here to talk about my experiences with mental suffering rather than mental health. Everyone knows what mental health is. It is the well-being of the mental and psychological state, which I am referring to as mental suffering because in my opinion I suffered more than I was healthy. And I also hope this is going to help others get through the same shit I am going through every day or at least be able to feel comfortable and to relate a little bit to my experiences or even my opinions. This topic actually is something rather personal than an open opinion. Still I find it helpful myself sometimes to know that I am not alone, for we all seek acceptance and being part of something bigger than our own ego. I am diagnosed with uh, manic depression, also known as bipolar disorder. And uh, quite honestly, I think I caught myself off guard right now. Anyway, I think I found the starting point. Yeah, let's start with the stigma and taint that is around mental health. Why are people so ashamed when talking about mental health? It's almost like they sign a contract for suffering in silence. This is crazy. And now the problem with that is it's going to come out either way because that that you keep inside for too long is eventually going to start eating its way out. And then, oh my God then it's going to be a fucking mess and it might might even even be too late to cure as one might even commit suicide and yes before you ask yes i tried to end my life several times but i guess i wasn't as efficient in planning as i thought i was at that time the goal should be to precisely or to painlessly then rather regretting it afterwards which means 
my goal was to die or to go painlessly not doing too much effort just fading out slowly not regretting afterwards like not waking up in the hospital or in this in the entry room and finding yourself in agonizing pain because it didn't work and I think for those who say that this person has a choice to fucking ignore the pain or some bullshit please take this example please imagine someone drowning they still have compressed air in their lungs but they know they have no choice except to hold on to it now imagine that person also being under a lot of pressure I'm not talking about water pressure alone but also about stress mental pressure so now imagine that person being underwater and drowning now any human being with a normal human primitive protection system would not open his mouth he will not inhale any water and he wouldn't exhale the air he got in him but now that drowning person gets to a critical point where the pain of the pressure and the pain of the stress that is around him is more and bigger than the pain of of drowning itself and he prefers to fade out in peace rather than keep and fighting and fighting the water and the pressure which actually can't be fought so he lets the water in and a lot of people will say man that guy must be in so much pain when he let the water in but it's quite the opposite for him it is a relief he's now going in peace fading away slowly whereas we are suffering because of he, of our loss of him him dying and now we are too sad about it and everything like that and he's just gone he's in eternal peace or maybe nothingness maybe not even that maybe com something completely else i mean who knows what's going on there my point is that the act of jumping, cutting or hanging oneselves becomes a relief of pain rather than the suffering itself. And the reason why quote unquote normal people don't understand this is because they are driven by their primal drives which are from nature on based on staying and keeping the body alive. It's also known as the survival instinct. Whereas suicidal people have gotten to a point where they have overwritten their survival mode, their survival instinct, into a pain relief mode. And the reason why people aren't more informed about this, I think, is the lack of communication between people and the illusionary taboos they put on these kind of topics. This people this this behavior is just 
somehow unacceptable and somehow also self-limiting. You're just self-limiting yourself. Be open. Talk about things openly and normally. We don't have, we don't have to put taboos on everything. We can respect each other without taboos. And I hope that's going to be something in the future, maybe. All in all, there is a reason for staying alive. And it is your job to find it, to find out what it is. Whether you want or you don't, it is your job. And all this brings us to the next thing. Suicide prevention hotlines. I mean, come on. There are almost 40,000 around the globe. But honestly, and with all due respect, it is nearly impossible to bring someone back who is on the verge of jumping, cutting or swallowing. There is but a 0.02% chance. And I really respect the suicide hotline prevention, the suicide prevention hotline for that, for giving their best on those 0.02%. And I mean, of course, they are a perfect place for desperate souls who seek emotional support and which keeps them from eventually hurting themselves. This also brought up the next thing, which is communication. You might have heard it a thousand times, but communication is the key and it is damn and will. The goddamn key. You think you'd have such a fucked up life if you talk to a therapist, to a friend, to a mother, to anybody. Just get just get the fuck over it and talk to somebody before you before you internally and externally explode. Express yourself honestly. Cry, let the motherfucking tears roll. And yes, it may feel difficult at the beginning, but trust me, you're going to feel a lot better after detoxicating your mind. And if perhaps you don't have anyone to talk to, please feel free to email me at any time. I don't guarantee a hundred percent help, but I'll try my best and I'm a good listener. Mm. Yes, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I am mentally ill, which in no case means that I am not as human as the next guy. It only means that our minds are chemically unbalanced. I got bipolar to a tragic event that happened some years back, which I am not going to mention nor give further details about. My point is that uh, I got it due a, a high stress period where other, where other people or the majority of other people have got it due some genetic development. Which also doesn't make a total big difference, but it is good to know. Anyway, so now that I have, that I have it, and that I am aware of having it, I'm technically in a treatment mode, which means I'm taking mood stabilizers and 
if it gets worse, I'm probably going to end up taking antidepressants too. And I mean, these are all just meds, but you wouldn't expect any side effects that matter in any way from them, but it turned out pretty soon that they do. They have some pretty bad side effects, for me at least. And I'm not talking about headaches or a dry mouth or something related to the stomach or to the bowels or no. I'm talking about sexual dysfunction. Yes, you heard me. For instance, you are masturbating, as every sane, healthy human being should be doing. You are so close to achieve the big O, just a little more, just rub it a little more. But wait a second. There is no real satisfaction. There is no feeling of ejaculation. There is no semen. You never actually came. Yeah, it sounds weird and it feels weird too, at the beginning. But you'll get used to it, remembering the old days when nothing came out as well. <laughs> but uh, there are more severe cases, like you're close to an orgasm again, you keep rubbing and rubbing, but the normal orgasm time is already over. So you check it and you find that your aubergine is somehow deflated, like a deflated tire. There is nothing to rub anymore. And it honestly kind of sucks, especially in relationships where the party is planned to last at least for 20 minutes. But for me, and I guess for the majority of you listeners, there is no party and there is also no border to self-satisfaction. So please, if you know someone who is going through a hard time, please, please, please consider watching over them. And in extreme cases, please, please, please don't hesitate to call your local emergency center. And this is pretty much it for this episode. And I'll be seeing you soon again with some hot topics again. But till then, stay tuned for more. And as always, stay curious. <laughs>